Hey guys, this is Ben with Animalitia. I'm here for another solo episode. Coming to you tonight with a little story I want to tell. I've been meaning to share this in the podcast for a while, but I haven't found the uh, the right time, the right place. I uh, The story kind of keeps slipping into the back of my mind. But it's something I've absolutely needed to talk about because... It sort of ties into several things that we've referenced in past episodes. This involves Los Angeles. So before I get into this story, I want to get something off my chest. So I consider myself to be really well-traveled. And as you travel more in this country, you start to learn that Some stereotypes of people are true, but a lot of it is kind of fake, too. Um, People are painted to be like caricatures or like political abstractions, whatever it might be. Um, For instance, people in Texas, if you've never been there, you sort of have this vision of them being like these gun-toting, racist rednecks or whatever, whatever that stereotype would be. And there's some of like, it's super ethnically mixed down there. Lots of blacks, whites, and Hispanics. Everyone's very welcoming, super polite. Southern hospitality, manners, people talk to you at bars. They smile when they're out walking around. It's completely different than you would have thought if you had never been there. But you have to go there to experience that. LA is sort of the same thing in the opposite way. Um, a lot of people in the Midwest are like, why, why would you want to go out to LA? Why would you hang out with those people? Like you're sort of a conservative minded person. Like, why would you hang out with those, you know, those yahoos and those liberal freaks and whatever. Again, it's kind of the same thing, but just the opposite. You got to go out and experience people to really learn and understand the culture. So one thing that kind of gets on my nerves is the people who talk so much shit about these places they haven't been to. And L.A. is one of those places. They get way too much crap. And don't get me wrong, L.A. has a dark side to it. But I'm going to get into that a little bit. But my point being is I've had very pleasant experiences in L.A. I've been there a lot. Um really nice people. And what you learn is there's an attitude. Um, I would say, especially among women out there where people are just relaxed and laid back and very welcoming. I have a theory on all this and I've probably talked about it on this podcast before. Weather affects people's moods really, uh, tremendously. And I used to think the whole vitamin D deficiency thing was kind of a load of crap. But as I've actually understood more about vitamin D and supplementation and health and wellness and all that stuff, it's totally true. And it's essentially like it's relevant to everything. Like it's predicted that 42% of people in this country are vitamin D deficient. I mean, so actually think about that. So vitamin D deficient, 
not taking a supplement, not getting it from their diet, right? It's very hard to get enough of it from your diet unless you live in a place where you get it from sunlight because sunlight is um, a really easy way to get it. So if you live in a place like Minnesota or Wisconsin or North Dakota where it snows all the time, there's no sunlight or anything for like five months out of the year, you're not getting it from the sun. If you're eating like shit and you're not taking a supplement, you're not getting it from your diet. And then you're tanking your body more. Like if you're, you know, eating unhealthy food or lots of sugars or you're drinking too much or whatever it is. Imagine people like states full of people completely lacking this essential nutrient that your body needs that affects your health and your well-being and your happiness and so many important things. People up here are severely fucking mentally ill and they're crazy. And I grew up here. I've always thought that really understood it once I started traveling and seeing what other people are like in other places. And that essentially is what I came to. People on the West Coast have a laid-back, friendly, just a good vibe and attitude. People in the South have a great, polite... They've got man, They're great, polite. They've got manners. They smile. They're happy. People up here are dicks. Um, not all of them, but most of the time. It all comes down to sunlight. When you live in a place like California or on the West Coast or Texas in the South, and you don't have to hunker down and hibernate for five months out of the year for winter... That's five months out of the year where you, all that is extra energy and you can keep living your life and being outside and doing stuff. I can't imagine how much better you would feel. So that's my theory. People on the West Coast are cool. People in the South are super nice and polite, nice to be around, pleasant whether you're from the South or the West Coast, overall, on average, better people than in the Midwest in terms of just being around them. And it all has to do with vitamin D and weather and moods, people not taking care of their mental illness or their health. So I'm going to digress and circle back a little bit here. So people who don't go out to L.A., haven't experienced California, you sort of have this abstraction in your head of what these people are like. And then this is just how you judge them. Like, it's, first of all, you're wrong, and it's insane. But just, it like, literally makes no sense. So I challenge people. I'm like, go to California and tell me I'm wrong on it. Go to LA and tell me I'm wrong on it. Because I will tell you, here in Minnesota, the worst people that I've ever experienced are the rich, upper-class, left-wing nutjobs from the suburb of uh, Edina, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka. What we call cake eaters. So, basically, 
they're all rich. They live in half a million dollar homes. And they claim to be like super left and progressive and all that. But it isn't because they're classically liberal and they actually care about other people. The only reason they vote that way is because it's they think it's just one other thing they can add to their list that makes them better than you. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not bitter. Like, I'm totally telling you the truth. You, take away the way they vote. They're just the most rude, uptight, just disrespectful... So your your stereotypical Karen, like Edina, Eden Prairie is like the Karen capital of the U.S. It's just it's just an awful place. Well, I have a funny story. So I was in L.A. last January, and I went on a little hike. It was up a canyon. It was in the back of Hollywood. Found a trail behind Waddles and Garden. Went up this canyon, went down, came out the other side, and I was in the Hollywood Hills. And... Uh, for those of you who don't know, very expensive houses, like $5 million plus. Um, maybe even more because LA's houses are nuts. But like mansions for sure. Cool ar- architecture, whatever. So I was walking through and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just, I had some time to kill. So I'll just keep kind of walking through and taking a look at houses and the cool architecture. I didn't look like shit, but you could tell I didn't belong. I was just wearing a black hoodie and some nice jeans and I was walking along and uh, there was there's a woman she's an actress I recognized her I couldn't put a name to her face but she's a somebody she's outside with her kid and, you know I was walking by she looked over and you know I smiled and I said good morning and she smiled and she said hi and there's another woman walking down the street and you know she smiled and said hi to me and I was like, wow, these people totally know I don't belong here. And they're still polite. Meanwhile, I had this thought where if I was walking through a neighborhood in Eden Prairie or Edina, I would have had the fucking cops called on me like three times. And it was super interesting because I'm walking through this place where like A-list, B-list celebrities live. And I was treated more decently than all the cunts who live up in Hennepin County outside Minneapolis. Ugh. So my whole point of that is get out and experience people because you don't really know what it's like until you have those experiences and you take a part in the culture and don't just listen to like, don't get this idea in your head of like the abstraction that, you know, you think about is just what reality is because it's not. Until you can at least go and confirm that it's true. So, people in Colorado, Colorado, Coloradians are weird because, let me tell you something, Denver sucks. It's a shithole. Um, anyone listening in Denver? I mean, Colorado's nice, but Denver sucks. Your city's boring. Uh, people assume that it's, like, super beautiful, and it, it isn't. It's, it's, uh... It's up on a plateau. Denver looks like Minneapolis if it had no water or trees. And you can judge how well a city's taken care of by the amount of garbage on the ground. It's kind of like when you meet someone who like drives a car that's full of a bunch of garbage, like fast food wrappers and 
cups and stuff, and you're just like, uh, you, you, this person doesn't have their life together. I feel a big city's kind of the same way. Las Vegas is a very clean city, especially for all the tourism. They have their shit locked down. They, they run a very good city. They have it figured out. Others don't. Denver, as far as major cities I've been in, Denver is the dirtiest. There's trash everywhere. And even outside, like Boulder, I have friends that live in Boulder. And you're five minutes out of Boulder, you're driving through like the front range. Beautiful spot, streams, mountains, and there's fucking garbage everywhere. And then what do they do? When you call them out on it, what do they do? They don't take accountability. They blame it on the Californians that live there. That's all the Californians. Bullshit. Tons of people in Colorado. Not all of them. Tons of them are awful. And you're hypocritical because you're ruining your beautiful state. Now, when you get three hours outside of Denver and you really go far into the mountains, you don't see garbage and it's really awesome and you're off the grid and it's beautiful. But the Denver area is absolutely disgusting. And I would totally say per capita, Denver has worse garbage, more trash on the streets than L.A. It's dirtier, too. L.A.'s got 20 million people. Per capita, Denver's got to be worse in terms of cleanliness. Portland, I don't even need to get into Portland. There, I'll just stop with Denver. So... Anyways, so I go to L.A. a lot, um, a lot of activities I'm into, the film and connections I've made and stuff. I like to be out near the entertainment, and I will, there's a couple things I've learned. Okay, so there's a very, there's a dark side to L.A. and Hollywood. Um, any of you have listened to the show, I've talked about that before, but a couple of things interesting in my time sort of out around Hollywood and what that is is people in that part um the circles like of the you know the entertainment circles and the people who are sort of part of that industry and stuff there's a lot of them that are incredibly nice they just make you feel at home and they're welcoming and they're just really terrific people it shocked me the first time I really went out and kind of jumped into that culture I uh, flew out to Scream Fest one of the bigger horror film festivals in the world and I went out by myself and you know I the first night I'm there one of my favorite actresses had a film that was premiering and um, you know I was like holy shit I'm at the TCL Chinese Theater I'm all alone and you know, I met people and everyone was so damn nice. And I made friends and it's kind of cool to be 2,000 miles away from home and people are treating you like family. Um, really awesome. And I've had experiences like that the whole time I've been there. There's definitely a douchey side and it's exactly how you think it would be for the most part, especially with the guys. Um, and there's a dark side too. Um, the the dark side, like every, the conspiracies, kind of the occult shit and like the people in power manipulating others, all that shit's fucking real. So 
this story was all a lead up to something. So let's see, I believe it was in March. There was this mysterious goth nightclub. It was kind of an underground thing. And it was closed down, shut down because of sexual misconduct claims, right? And basically it was demonic sex cult stuff. I'm not going to get into all that. But it was called the Cloak and Dagger. And this operated inside a bar called the Pig and Whistle. Um, I'm trying to sort of, being that I was, I've been in that area, I'm trying to sort of paint a picture based on what I understand about it. But the Pig and Whistle is a bar in Hollywood. And then behind it was this this nightclub, like the building behind it on the other side. And then they're connected together through a hallway. So inside the buildings, you can go back and forth to another. That's kind of how, kind of how I'm picturing it here. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. What do we got? Um, so the Los Angeles Times reports that 10 women, four of whom were employees, um, charged the club's co-founders for ignoring alleged instances of sexual misconduct inside the cloaks, the walls, and at its festivals. They further alleged that, um, co-owners took cover under the club's veal of secrecy and its dark aesthetic the latter of which allegedly included sexually charged experimental arts performances so in this bust there was oh man there was uh, there was some celebrities there I believe let's see Thomas Middlewich uh, disappointing. So if you saw Thomas Middlewitch, Middle Ditch, according to this article, he was there. I can neither confirm or deny. But apparently he was a part of this and apparently he groped another woman. So you see a picture of this guy, you'd know exactly who he is. He's in like Verizon ads and a couple films. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I liked his work. He's a likable guy on screen and then apparently he's in a fucking demonic sex call place groping women and you would have no fucking idea by looking at him because he does not look like the type but those are the people you least suspect now what's crazy about this is when jake jack and i were out here in la in october they're still like on semi-lockdown for the most part so a lot of bars weren't open Hollywood was, Santa Monica really wasn't, we were staying in Hollywood, so we walked up and the uh, Jake and I were looking for a late night beer, the Pig and Whistle was one of the only places open, um, Jake and I went in and we sat down, and uh, it was a cool place, it was uh, some cool aesthetics, some really nice staff, it's a nice little chill place, we got a beer and whatever, and uh yeah, it was chill and we enjoyed our time. Little did we know that this shit was probably going on like a hundred feet away from us. Never would have had a clue. So I think this story is so fascinating because having been there and having sort of seen the outsides of I don't know, just some of this dark shit and how it's real. And like, 
you read these stories sometimes and it's like, oh, no, that's make-believe. Like, that's that's made-up shit. It's not like that. No, it totally is, 100%. So, anyways, going back further, I... there. Okay, so there's a bar maybe a block or two away from this bar. And I was drugged in that bar in 2019. I've told this story in one of our first few episodes. It's a really funny one. Um, at the time it wasn't, but by the end of the day, I was laughing about it. I'm on my way to the film festival. I stop in. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, the Vikings are playing the Eagles. I go and I sit and I'm like, I ate breakfast already. It's too early for a beer. I want to, I'll get a mimosa. And they had a special on mimosas, right? I drink a mimosa and I get fucked up. And I've been drugged before. This was very comparable to like Xanax or something. I'm like passing out in the street. I'm like, I'm like falling asleep. Like keep, like I am fucking inebriated off like two mimosas, which absolutely shouldn't have happened there was something in there and i'm like passing out trying to stay awake i'm so out of it i want to like curl up on the pavement and go to sleep i go up to the roof of the tcl chinese theater and i call some friends I'm close to like basically blacking out i'm like fading in and out like a slideshow try to walk to uh this hospital because i figured like well it might be a better option than like passing out in the street I'm too fucked up. I get lost. There's a rough area of like homeless people near um, Hollywood. So I end up walking through that place and there's people like smoking crack and shit. And um, I stumbled in some places and got some food and whatever. And I ended up deciding to hike up to the top of Runyon Canyon to sober up. And I finally did. And then once the shit left my system, it was like five hours later. And I went and met some friends I made, told them the story, checked my bank statements. I went out to lunch like three times, which I did kind of remember having the munchies. Went and got a coffee at a coffee shop down there. And he's like, whoa, this is like the fifth time you're in here today. It's like, whoa. So yeah, I was fucked up. But, you know, I was telling the story and people are, it sounds crazy. And they're like, well, what do you think happened? And I was like, I don't think I was targeted. Like, if I had to make a logical guess, I would assume that there's, you know, mimosa special, a lot of mimosas going out. It's a girly drink. Someone probably put something in a drink that was intended for a girl, and I ended up with it. And that's my guess. I don't think it was an actual roofie, so to speak. What I think it would be is some type of uh, like benzodiazepine or barbiturate. Because, like I said, it felt exactly like Xanax. Xanax isn't water-soluble. I believe lorazepam is, so that would be my guess. Um, Anyways, it's still kind of crazy, like, why someone was trying to drug someone's mimosa, and, like, why, and what was the end game? And then it's I found out a year and a half later that a bar a block away has a demonic sex cult in there, and people are being abused, um... It's crazy shit. Um, You got to learn to, you know, I don't know, just navigate it. Stay on top of your game. Keep your head on a swivel. But I wanted to share this story for a while. 
because I think it's super interesting, and it's interesting Jake and I were both there at that fucking place months before it was busted. And um, I think it's just an interesting little Hollywood tale I have for all of you. So I'm glad I was able to pull that out and finally share that experience. But um, that's it, just short and sweet. And if you have any questions about that story, you know, hit me up on the Animalitia podcast on Instagram or Facebook or directly. Um, don't send me anything weird. Some of you guys send me some weird stuff. Um, it, you know, just, uh, yeah, it'd be cool. Um, I'm Ben. This is Animalitia. I'm out. Are you gonna go?